Yo, bro. Yo, 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 what's up? What's up? You good? Yes, sir. I'm doing good, man. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. Can you hear me pretty well? Uh, yeah, man, I'm sweet. I've just had a, sorry, I've had a nice day with my family and just, uh, I only really looked at my phone after, after, uh, after 8.30. Yeah, yeah. So, no, man, no problem. No problem with that. What time is it over there? Uh, it's nine o'clock right now. Nine o'clock in the evening. Yeah, so it must be what, like three o'clock for you guys? Yeah, uh, it's three p.m. Three p.m. Central Time Zone. Cool, cool, cool. So yeah, man. Sweet, I, sweet. Yeah, I wanted to get into the podcast, uh, introducing you, man. Go oh, ahead. So. Um. Yeah. So my name is Oliver Marshall. Uh, I'm a director. I've been doing music videos for just over a year now. Mm-hmm. Um. I suppose I started first started doing videos. Uh, when was it? Okay, well, actually, no, I can go for I can go fully into the story. Actually, you know what? Fuck okay, it, I'll do that for sure. <clears throat> um, cool. So, uh, let's rewind a little bit, uh, and then I'll I'll sort of bring it bring it all together. But so I first started doing videos uh, back in twenty seventeen, right? So um, I was away. So I'd been away traveling. I went away traveling at the start of not uh, August twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was a little at the time I was back in England. I was a little bit lost. Uh, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was twenty years old. Right. Uh, had no necessary no, no purpose sort of thing. I was just floating around. I really had no idea what I wanted to do with my life or nothing. Um, I'd always been a very very shy and introverted person. Well, especially during school and sort of the latter part of school between between sort of sixteen to twenty, I'd always been a very shy, awkward, you know, socially awkward. Um, had a lot of anxiety. That that was me during that sort of period. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew in the back of my mind that I was capable of doing more, but I would just never, I was always very frustrated because I never really try. Um, and so what happened was I, I actually went to a bunch of different jobs the, the previous year. Um, I did one year of, of, uh, college or university. I dropped out <laughs> and I just started doing a bunch of different sales jobs. Um, I did door to door, I did cold calling. Uh, so I just, and I, I and, uh, I did that for basically for a whole year. Um, I got fired from a bunch of different, from I think it was four different jobs <laughs> doing sales um, until I finally found one in late, 26, late 2016. Uh, and then I set myself a goal. like, okay, well, I'm just going to stay here and save up until I can go away traveling. Right. So then I saved up. I stayed there for three, four months. I went away traveling. Um, and yeah, when I, went, when I went away traveling, I literally, all I did was uh, I bought a one-way ticket um to bali so i'd never been by myself traveling to anywhere mm-hmm. especially to the other side of the world i didn't really have a clue what i wanted all that i knew what i wanted to do was to get out of my comfort zone and was to sort of figure out what it was that i liked doing or what it was that i wanted to do right um so i booked a one-way ticket to bali i went there i told my parents only a couple of days before i actually went they were like what the hell what the fuck is he doing <laughs> i was like okay cool whatever and the thing was in my mind all i said the only thing that i said myself was you have to excuse me i'm a little bit under <clears throat> under the weather still um so the only thing that i set myself was i need to go away for at least a year i can't return like for at least a year mm-hmm. and all i had saved up was about three and a half thousand pounds which is around four four and a half thousand dollars mm-hmm. um which wasn't very much i mean that's obviously not going to last me a year right, right. But anyway so i went <clears throat> so i went out and i mean at the time i was kind of like i if I, I actually made uh, i did a lot of like diary entries and stuff at the time um but i was always saying that i was fairly interested in some some 
somewhat interested in in doing um something creative so something to do with photography or videos or blah, blah, mm-hmm. so, you know something along those lines right. um but for just for some reason i'd never been able to just sort of pick it up and run with it and learn the skill because at the time i was someone that gave up quite easily so i would try something once or twice and then i would give up that was right. the person i was back then right yeah so anyways um, fast forward a couple of months, I kept jumping around from different countries. I was sort of trying to find myself, in a sense, in different countries that I went to. I went to the Philippines, Bali, Hong Kong, Australia, a bunch of different places in Asia. Um, and was good because I was constantly being put out of my comfort zone. I was constantly having to meet people. Right, uh, if you don't, have to change and grow. If you don't, exactly, yeah, you, you just have to, you're put, that's the, the best thing is when you force yourself into a situation where you have to grow, and you have to adapt, then you are going to adapt. It's as simple as that. It's just basic human nature. You adapt when you get put in a situation of severe stress so that you grow. It's the same with whether it's like, whether it's strength training or work or personal relationships, whatever it is, that's how things grow. So anyway, so I jumped around from different countries. um, And then what happened was I, so my background is I'm half Peruvian, half English. Um, Mm -hmm. I grew up in Peru four years. And I went uh, in the new year, um, I decided to go back to Peru. Right. And um, at this, also at this point, I, I'd sort of, I'd run out of money. Um, so I went to go work in Australia for a bit. Uh, so, you've been all, and, so you've been all over the world. Yeah, so I'd, especially around Asia. Yeah, especially around Asia. So I went to, went to work in Australia for a bit. And um, anyways, I saved up a little bit more because I was out of money, and then I went to I went to Peru for the New Year to spend time with my to sort of reconnect with family that I hadn't seen in over ten years. I hadn't right. been back in Peru since I was about ten years old. <clears throat> and um, anyway, so this was the point where I was sort of at, at my lowest. I would say I was very very fr- I think inter- intrinsically I was very very unsatisfied with myself moving forward. I was very frustrated because I'd never really given something a go. Um, and I was just lacking purpose. I was uh, still floating around from different places. Mm-hmm. And I thought every time I went to a place, I would find something that would sort of make me click. But that wasn't the case. Um, and anyways, so I was in Peru and I ended up, uh, what happened in Peru was I ended up um, sort of getting quite low. And I, was, I wasn't really doing anything. I was smoking quite a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And I was just spending the whole day high and not really doing, <laughs> doing anything. Yeah. Um, and it was just sort of compounding, compounding slowly. Um, but I knew deep down that obviously I needed to do something, but I just kind of mm. was putting it off. Like most people do, right? Most people For sure. It it's human nature. <clears throat> exactly. And uh, anyway, so cut forward to one night. I went out with my with my sister, my cousins and a couple of friends. Um, and then I ended up taking way too much. So to, to cut a long story short, I ended up taking way too much MDMA. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to go yeah. to the hospital. And can you explain um, to the people what that is if they don't really know what that is? Uh, ex- ecstasy, basically. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, so ecstasy. But uh, I, I don't know if it was cut with other stuff because, I mean, bear in mind, I'm getting it in Peru. Um, <laughs> yeah. Basically, I, I, took, I, took, I took way too much because I was trying. So I know exactly what happened all the night in my mind. Um, mm-hmm. I was taking it just so I could sort of not feel the way that I was feeling, which is obviously Absolutely. why people take drugs, right? Right. Um, and I ended up taking so much like i've taken it before and i've been fine but i t- ended up taking so much that um it sort of all kicked in around 4 a.m mm-hmm. uh and i ended up going a little bit crazy basically and i had to go to the hospital mm. um and yeah i i uh so i, I mean it was sort of around 7 a.m that i started to realize like something's really fucked because 
Uh, I'd been drinking the whole night as well. Um, I hadn't had any water, which is a complete no-no when you, if you do take ecstasy, you For have sure. to drink water. Um, plus, it's hella humid in Peru, so that's another thing that's fucked. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I'm basically, my heart started racing. Um, I started to get chest pains. I couldn't breathe properly. I started to get pains down my arms. Um, and I was basically having a, a sort of like a minor cardiac arrest, a minor heart attack. Um, I went to the hospital anyways, and... Um, pretty much uh, to, to to cut a long story short i the doctor told me after i'd sort of recovered which took me a whole day by the way um after i'd recovered they told me i'd been very very close to dying or very very close to being paralyzed mm, um, so that was... and that was yeah 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 so i was in i was in the car uh with my sister and my cousin and they were panicking because i was telling them that i'm i can't breathe properly and it, it it wasn't a case where it was happening for a little time it happened for several hours and it was because mm. I've taken, you know, you know, sometimes I've taken it before where it's, it's too much and it, you feel bad anyways, but this was kind of excessive and this was like, uh, it was clearly there was something wrong. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, anyway, so I got taken to the hospital. They attached me up to all these drip machines and I, I at that point, I was, um, yeah, very, very close to dying, basically. I, I, the doctor told me at the end of it that you're extremely lucky that you've lived because um, the oxygen had been cut off to my brain and I could have either, like I said, been paralyzed or just died. Um and so that was a particular low point. That's probably the lowest I, I could possibly go. So sure. all my fa- all my family had to come in and visit me the ne- that morning um, in the hospital whilst I was still recovering, uh, panicking and everything. All my aunties I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mum as well was on the phone. I was like, what the fuck did you do? Like, you know, but it was like a, just a little, yeah, it was just like a different yeah. level of disappointment. But the, 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 the point I'm trying to make is, is that basically <clears throat> it was about the lowest I could possibly get. Um, right. I don't know if anyone's taken ecstasy before, but... Even when you're on a come down the day after, it feels terrible just in general. But then if you've just had a heart, if you've just had like a heart scare um, where the doctors told you you've nearly, nearly actually died and then you've got your whole family there disappointed in you. Yeah. Um, it's a very, it's a very low, low. Like it literally is rock bottom. I was like, oh, I, live, I can't even, you can't really get worse than that. I mean, it's fucked. Right. Um, <clears throat> so after that, that was when things changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I tell that story is because that's that is a very fundamental fundamental part of something that's happened in the past year, and probably one of the most important things that's happened in my life, or is the most important thing that's happened in my life, that's completely yeah. changed the way that I look at things, mm-hmm. um, and has made me sort of <clears throat> want to do, uh, sort of want to do, and to push myself a lot. Yeah. Um, so you would say that that moment was a catalyst, and like you're maturing as a man, you know, just growing your business and such, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think it's because I did have, so I had a genuine, right. So there's another point actually I forgot, I forgot to mention earlier. So when I was on the, the hospital bed, um, mm. the, you know, the heart rate machine, it was like, beep, 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 beep. And yeah. it would stop and it would flatline for a bit. And I, I literally, I would get so, I was so scared. I was so fucking frightened. Um, and anyway, so at that point, I actually, um, I actually literally started crying because I'd, I'd regretted so do not, I'd regretted not doing so much in my life. Mm-hmm. And that was that over. Fe- that, yeah, 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 literally, I did, I, I did, and it was very close. It could have been over, um, but I was given like I was basically given another, was given another opportunity, and so I might as well, do, I, I need to do right with that opportunity, right? So yeah, for sure. Um, having that regret, and I, I, I feel like I'm. I look at it now as a blessing because it was the worst thing that happened to me, but it was the best thing that happened to me because it was basically 
what happens is, you know, whatever you choose to believe in, whether it's God, universe, or whatever it is, it's someone basically kicking you and nudging you saying, like, pretty much, listen, um, you need to sort your stuff out kind of thing. You can't be living in this way. And for some people, it would happen in different ways, right? You know, maybe mm-hmm. someone leaves you because you, you've got a drug issue or you're drinking issue or whatever it is. Right? Yeah. It, 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 it's a catalyst for for change. understanding yourself even more and being able to, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You have to kind of change after that because you're completely, just like anything, right. you have to be completely broken. Mm-hmm. And you have to have severe stress levels in order to change. It's like, just like muscle growth. You have to sure. train it, you have to break down and then it grows, right? Yeah. So uh, um, to, to go into, to go into that, you know, there's there's a good place to start off. I kind of actually had a question yeah. about um, stimulants and creating. That can be like a little topic that we can have. Because um, yeah, you know, absolutely. you know, absolutely. some creatives they they use shrooms. Um, um, I did a little research yeah. on your page. You you are a shrooms I'm, fan. Yeah. I am indeed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So like you know, yeah, I'm gonna yeah, let you I'm speak indeed. on it a little bit because from your experience, and then also shed some light. <laughs> on creatives and you know like do you need yeah. stimulants to create or or what um so okay yeah so very interesting question i think um i mean my my opinions of drugs have changed quite a lot since that happened so that was two years ago that was For sure. uh february the 6th 2017 um and then ever since then i basically i stopped touching any substances for it for a year no weed mm-hmm. no nothing um, I think now I smoke weed recreationally, but in terms of how it helps, I, I smoke it possibly once a week um, on a Friday or a Saturday night to help me relax. That's about it. I can't smoke it too much. But I think to answer your question, do they help? I think to a certain extent, yes. But I think just like anything, you have to develop a healthy relationship with them. Um, yeah. So the whole reason why I actually went out to travel in the first place, and it's going to sound funny, but um, was because I actually had shrooms and um i was sort of i don't know it was kind of presented to me i always yeah. i always take shrooms um when i did take shrooms in the past was to always have an under better understanding of myself so to be able oh, okay. to go more inside my mind and you see i've never i've never done it better. before right yeah yeah and they what what the, there's two ways obviously of approaching say something like psychedelics like shrooms is mm-hmm. one to either um, obviously for recreational purposes and you know if someone wants to do that that's absolutely fine like go for it it's fun but just do it responsibly understand what you're taking do it, educate yourself about doing it or the other way is um, which is the reason i which is why i used to take it and i do i took it uh, i'd taken it a couple times like a few months ago but i'll go into that a bit more later but um yeah it's more for understanding yourself Yourself. because what it yeah what it does is just opens up and enables you to see pretty much it opens up your brain so that you can sort of see what's lying into your subconscious and you're able to tackle certain issues um Mm -hmm. but like i said you have to educate yourself know about what strain you're taking understand it further um before you do decide to take it and sort Mm -hmm. of go into it with a goal of trying to understand a certain thing about yourself um maybe maybe you have like a pressing question that um okay okay just something yeah something that seems to keep cropping up you're like you're just wondering about something you can't really get the answers during your normal so you you take something like to to sort of understand yourself better and i think in terms of that it can help massively with creativity just because it opens up new avenues it opens up new avenues new ways of new ways of thinking um and just allows you to see different perspectives essentially uh it allows you to to just yeah just allows your brain to open up completely and to be able to see it but i think you just have to go into it with the right attitude 
Yeah, just basically um, go into it with open mind. Exactly. Open mind and educate yourself about it. For sure. Um, I mean, in terms of taking it specifically for creativity, um, I do know that, that there are different, uh, um, what are they called? Um, like, not species, uh, strains, strains. Mm-hmm. That yeah. There's different strains and different strains have different effects on whether it's creativity or philosophical or recreational or there's different types of, you know, if you take this strain, you'll have a very philosophical uh, trip and you'll focus more on, you know, being intrinsic and, you know, going inside yourself and that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Or if you have a very creative strain, it can help you see things in a different way. And they're they're, they're good because what they do is they can, they can also reset your brain as well. So if you've been stuck on a certain task and like I was saying before that they can, um, if you're so, if you're they, 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 like I said before, they open up your mind so they can allow you to see things in different ways. Um, so one, they're not for everyone, uh, which is something that I, I learned actually. For sure. Um, because yeah, be, young... yeah, not to cut you off, yeah. bro, but I no, mean, no. I was, uh, I'm trying <laughs> to take rooms as well myself because in, in three yeah. weeks, you know, I'm gonna be, um, in Colorado, yeah. I know it's legalized there for recreational purpose for psychedelics, so I'm definitely gonna try it out. Yeah, and we, we probably gonna have yeah, this conversation absolutely. after you know, after I get back, and oh, we're gonna absolutely. compare and see what's up. Yeah, yeah, no, no, absolutely, absolutely. I think, um, yeah, if if you're sort of actively looking for it and you want to do it for a specific reason, um, I mean, with, with taking it, I'll ask you something uh, with taking it, are you hoping to sort of solve an intrinsic problem that you've sort of been questioning about, or you just want to? try it just for curiosity purposes well i'm gonna be completely <laughs> transparent um part of me you know i'm I'm very in tune with myself so i do want to find out you know a little bit more about myself and you know dive deep into creative because like as humans we don't really know who we are we're just kind of placed in this body you know um yeah and as far as just cre- i am curious you know like that's kind of half of the yeah. problem would be i'm real curious about doing it because I hear a lot of stories. I hear a lot of, like, every story is different that I hear from people with their testimonials and stuff. So I'm definitely mm-hmm. interested in yeah. seeing how that can affect me and my brain and, and such. Yeah, no, no, absolutely, absolutely. And and one thing to mention as well is um, whatever trip you do have, well, there's two things. Always educate yourself and do mm-hmm. your research beforehand. Know what you're getting, uh, know what you're taking, and understand the best ways to take it. So set and right. setting. Mm-hmm. Um, but also understand that whatever does happen, the the way that I've always, that I've always listened to it being described is um, the mushrooms show you or the psychedelic shows you what you need to know and not what you want to know. So if you have some mm-hmm. kind of, de- not necessarily demons, but, you know, everyone's got their own internal struggles um, right. that you've been sort of sleeping to the side, they can really open those up. And it's difficult during those hours, but I've heard so many stories of people, whether it's online or through through sort of like the grapevine, um, of mm-hmm. people having, you know, life-changing experiences because of it, because it does open up completely different perspectives on things. For sure. Um, so, 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 yeah, so why do you really, think they, uh, really amazing. So why do you think, like, because I've heard in some places where drugs like that can, they can open up stuff like we have been mentioning, but why do you mm-hmm. think that they make it illegal? You know, because I've heard some cases to where people are like, they make drugs illegal because they know, what it can do for your mind, you know, they know like the positive mm. benefits of it. <clears throat> yeah, I suppose I suppose it's it's twofold. I suppose one um, is a monetary reason is 
again, I, I don't really sort of go delve into this too much, but from my understanding and my opinion on it is um, obviously pharmaceutical companies are freaking huge. So they right. don't want to lose their profits. Uh, and so want to, they lobby and do whatever they can to ban these kind of substances because they know that when these, do, these substances do become legalized, um, yeah. They can begin to take over because people, it's a natural thing. It grows in the ground. It's literally a freaking mushroom. Um, yeah. No one's ever Absolutely. died from it. And yes, they can cause some, what, you know, they can cause bad trips, but then, you know, you can get really fucking drunk and drink drive, you know. Yeah, so, I mean, you don't want to do too much of one thing. It's moderation. No, exactly. Just do it responsibly. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's mainly to do with money. I think it's because these companies, these huge pharmaceutical companies, don't want them taking over. Because they, they have, in the small studies that they have done, and when mm-hmm. I say studies, I mean, like, you know, either an illegal study or it's not really a study because it's self-funded and it's, you know, a small sample size because it is illegal. Um, so you can't do them properly. But they do, they do help people. They have, I've heard so many stories of them helping people through depression or coming to terms with terminal illnesses or just overall enjoy increasing their, their mood. Um, Especially as well, I, I won't go into detail too much because we'll, so, sure. we'll get back to the video stuff. But um, microdosing, especially, has, has been uh, has been a huge um, has been a huge help for me. Especially, well, it was a huge help for me back in June, mm. around June time, May June time. Um, I bought and grew my own mushrooms um, in the house. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I grew them in that, so obviously I knew exactly what I was getting. Um, and yeah, I'd microdose on them. And um, if you want to do some more sort of, re- yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you want to do some more research on that, I'd say uh, look up uh, James Fadiman. Um, he's got like a good database of people that write in their own experiences mm-hmm. um, on microdosing. And then he just sort of curates all those experiences. So if you want to sort of understand it a little bit better, I'd say look on there. That's probably okay. the largest like resource for understanding it, James Fadiman. Um, sure, but I, sure. I found that they, I found that they definitely helped me. Right. Um, with things like productivity for creativity. When I did take microdosing, um, it's sort of best way to describe it. It literally was me on a really, really, really fucking good day. I was just switched on, <laughs> co- more confident. Um, yeah. Felt like I could accomplish a lot more, basically. And, and sometimes um, you need in, that. Sometimes and, and you just, need that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think, again, this goes back to responsible using. Just make sure you're sort of, you're smart about it. You have a good relationship with it. You don't overdo it. Um, don't take it consecutive days. Make sure that you're leaving some breaks so that it's just like coffee. You can't get used to it. Basically, your body will get used to it if you take it too much. So you Absolutely. need two, two, two cups of coffee after a year of drinking coffee to make you feel, you know, stimulated, right? Definitely. So it's the same kind. It's the same kind of principle. But yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to what you initially said, it, it's yeah, they, they they've helped out massively, um, and they as well have been like a big part of um, understanding myself more and, and growing as a person. For sure. So to <clears throat> to kind of to kind of go back into the video aspect, you know, that's that's your main job. Yeah. You, and um, mm. for videographers at home, I, I really want you guys to listen to uh, what my guy Oliver is saying. He's he's very uh, established where he's from, and in, even in the LA area. So uh, can you speak on the difference to you? Because you mainly kind of do hip hop, <coughs> correct? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, so can you speak on I mean, the difference between like doing like hip hop style videos in like the UK or hip hop style videos in uh, the LA area? What is there any similarities? Um, 
Yeah, so, okay, cool. Well, I suppose, um, let me see. Cause, so most of the videos that I did when I was in LA, they weren't actually necessarily hip-hop style videos, but they were, they were, um, who was, who was I with? There was a guy called, Jer- there was a guy called Jeremy Green. Um, he did sort of like R&B, soul. Mm-hmm. Um, he sounded very like 70s, uh, but I really liked his sound anyway. And I, wor- I worked with him. Um, I worked with another girl called Tam Tam who uh she is from saudi arabia but she's living in la and she does sort of i don't even see i I, i'm not good on genres i just sort of understand music as a whole i don't look at genres per se but yeah she had very again she had a lovely voice um and yeah i just worked with a bunch of different artists it wasn't necessarily hip-hop it was more r&b soul that kind of stuff that was Mm -hmm. the the area that i was doing when i was in america um, I did do one or two videos uh, in New York. No, I did two videos in New York, which were uh, more hip hop kind of style. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was actually one. One was this guy. He drove. He uh, <laughs> funny story about that. So um, I was so I I went to New York. Um, and it, well, initially I went to New York, New York because I was kind of feeling a little bit sort of stale and plateauing in England, so I needed a change. For so sure. I just booked a very, I booked a very spontaneous ticket to go to New York. Um, I didn't know anyone when I was in New York beforehand. Again, this all f- sort of falls back to getting out of your comfort zone because as soon as That's you get comfortable, yeah. it gets boring. So let me uh, um, kind of ask you a question about that. You know, um, yeah, 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 about like being spontaneous and traveling and stuff like that. So as a creative, you know, there's going to be opportunities you know, to travel and, and do things outside of your city, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I would so, say always, always, always be pushing yeah. yourself. Always, always, always um, look for areas where you can grow. Always put yourself in situations that you don't actually know what you're doing so that you get out of your comfort zone. And yeah, so never, think, never say no to anything because you can always learn. I would say... Yes, to a certain extent, to a certain extent. Okay. I think after a while, I think after a while, it's actually important to say no for growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll get onto that a little bit later. I, I suppose when, you, <clears throat> when you're first starting out, right. take on, I would, uh, this is a difficult one because so the, the way I started out was I, I started doing music videos um, just over a year ago. And, and, going back to what I was saying before. So after I came back from Peru, I started shooting and editing stuff on my phone just because I finally just need sort of felt that I needed to learn something. And there were so right. many times where I felt like, Oh, I really, you know, CBA would doing this. I can't be bothered to do this. So I, I want to give up, but I was like, no, I need to continue. And I only had that spark of needing to continue because something shit had happened. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always look at bad things to be good things because there's always somewhat of a lesson in there as long as you have perspective Definitely. on it and so Absolutely. on and so forth. Um, but yeah, so, so back to a year ago with music videos, I used to just reach out to, um, to, I, so the way I approach things is I don't really think too much about it, at least a year ago when I started. Uh, Hmm. and when I say that I kind of jumped straight into it. So I really didn't know how to do any music videos. I literally got some luck with some guy wanting to shoot a music video that I'd met like a year earlier. Um, he came to London, we shot it. And then after that, all I did was I just reached out to different, to loads of people every single, pretty much every single day um, on it through Instagram, because everyone you need to know is in, literally in the palm of your hand. You just have to find them. Um, you can find, you can find them through their follow, through someone's followers, their comments, their likes, like everyone in there is uh, knows an artist, at, you know, at sun level. 
so yeah, you can somebody find know somebody exactly exactly and anyway so i mean building um i suppose the main thing at the start um it's getting into situations and taking on things that will just basically just at the start say say yes to most things at the start because that will open you up to you'll meet different people on different projects you'll meet people on different sets um Mm -hmm. help out on sets if you're not editing on a day if you're not shooting on a day either one you spend your time reaching out to people which you can do anyway in bed like it's not very hard to do it just takes not time yeah it's very it really it's not hard to do yeah it's just tedious i like i'll literally you go on instagram and you go i don't know think of an artist that's sort of mid-sized and go on his followers and you'll have i don't know a hundred thousand followers there'll be artists that follow the artist quite clearly there'll be people with his likes that follow the artist who are artists mm-hmm. like they're all there you just define them um, you can even go through hashtags and find people there, or you can find people who look at your stories and go through there. There may be an artist, hit them up. Like it's not, it just takes time. And you can literally do it from your bed. Like it's not hard to do. Sure. It just takes time. That's all it is. And in terms of a message to, to reach out. So this is what I write. Um, I always say, Hey, their name. Um, I just found your page. Really like your music. Uh, maybe pull up a specific track that you've heard or something. Um, I'm a director. I'm a videographer. I would love to work together. Make sure you say work and not collab so that they don't think it's free. Absolutely. Um, I did that last year. The keywords can definitely help. Exactly. A lot of them thought it was free. No, it's not free. (laughs) Um, I'm a director. I would love to work together. Um, Here's my show rule. Here's my website, whatever it is. Let me know if you're in. And then copy that. Paste that link here. uh, Let me know if you're interested. That's it. And then just bust that message out to as many people as possible. Uh, Obviously, don't copy and paste. Write each one out so that Instagram the knows you're not spam <laughs> yeah for um, sure absolutely that's and, another thing yeah just, just exactly and just send it out just send it out to people just send it out to different people and it's really 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 simple um and really easy and you can do it from home and to be able to start working by just sitting in your bed like literally that's what i used to do i used to wake up and just lie in my bed and reach out to people it's not hard to do <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's not hard to do. You're going to scroll on Instagram anyways. You might as well scroll productively instead of scrolling just for the sake of scrolling. Man, that's that's facts. A lot of people can get um, busy mixed up with productive. And, um, yeah, just to yeah. give a, a little background to the people at home listening, um, you yeah. know, me and Oliver, we met uh, about, like, six months ago, maybe, through uh, social media. Yeah, yeah, yep. yep. So, yeah, we, we met about, like, six months ago, you know, I – I think he followed me or saw my, my story or something. I reached out to him and then we've been kind of rocking ever since, you know, he's been giving me um, business tips on how to grow the same tips that he just gave you guys, the same tips that he gave me. He's very uh, transparent. Like I said, very established videographer, businessman, let alone one of the best businessmen I know, you know, thank and, you, my bro. <laughs> no, no, I'm problem. still learning. I'm still learning. I'm still Absolutely. learning. I've got so, so much to learn. Um, that's an, that's another thing actually I wanted to cover. Um, I think it's quite important. So, so I worked on, uh, so here's something I wanted to cover is uh, like importance on not getting complacent and importance Mm -hmm. on staying humble. Um, so everyone obviously has to go to, to learn. Um, it's just part of it. Uh, so I, after about a year of doing videos, I did a video for a guy called H who basically got, if the people that don't know, he's a rapper in the U S in the UK, 
Um, he got to number two in the charts with the song that we did. Uh, it went to number two on trending. It got it's on sixty million views, um, and he's done stuff with Ed Sheeran, Stormzy, blah blah. blah. So the the guys was like very much popping. Um, got over a million followers when we shot the video, and he had like six hundred thousand. That was only two months ago, so he's grown massively. Wow. Um, but but the 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 point of what I'm trying to say is that after I'd done that video, I sort of felt I started to become a little bit complacent and thought work would come through to me very very easily, mm-hmm. um, and that's not the case. Uh, you still had to reach out because of my stupid. Yeah, exactly. I still you still had to reach out, but because of my stupidity, because of my complacency, and because obviously I'm just young and I'm still learning. Um, and you can still be a, an idiot sometimes. Um, I stopped reaching out and just expected work to come through, and it didn't really. And so I spent sort of like a month where I didn't really have much work coming through. And for some reason, I wasn't motivated to reach out uh, and to do the basic steps of it because I was sort of somewhat complacent mm-hmm. because I thought that I'd done this thing that I didn't really need to do it. Um, and I was just an idiot, basically. Uh, yeah, they, they kind of uh, messed you up a little learned, bit. I, yeah, exactly, exactly. It put me in a pretty shit financial position, which means I had to sort of overcorrect in order to fix it. Um, but yeah, I suppose the point is to not become so complacent, um, to check your ego and to just keep doing the basic things um, because those are the most important things. And what we would, what we talked about the other day through messages is about having abundance. Um, so even if you've got, and it's also not just abundance, but it's called, you know, in business, it's called a sales pipeline. So Mm -hmm. even if you've got, even if you've got, um, a full month this month, you need to still figure out what to do for next month. Like you can't just let it sort of, it will happen when it happens. No, you have to consistently, my advice would be to consistently reach out to at least five to 10 different people every single day that you really, really like their work to just consistently reach out to them. And over time you'll be in conversation with them. You'll have meetings with them and maybe you, you go to do a shoot this month or maybe they don't look for anything now and they get back in contact in six months or a year's time. Either way, it's somewhat, you need to have some kind of pipeline so that you're not forced to take on a shoot because you don't, because you need money. Mm -hmm. You're doing a shoot because you've got choice and you can basically because you want to, not because you have to. Right. So that's the position that's really important to get into is to look at it. Like um, you have to look at yourself like a business, a business is not going to just get their customers here. They have to think about the long term. You have to think about the long term. Basically you have to consistently be reaching out to people so that you have people, you know, two, three, four, six months down the line Mm -hmm. to be able to work with, um, that you've sort of been in talks with pretty much. You have to be constantly in talks, right? That that shit's sort of ongoing. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, when you get to a certain ex- when you get to a certain stage where you're completely in demand, it's probably you know it, that at that point you probably won't um, you probably won't need to reach out, or you're, by that point you probably have some someone on your team or someone helping out. Yeah. Um, Definitely reaching out for obviously you. T- to, yeah exactly but to get to that stage it probably takes a while and you probably have to be on really really big sets like you know shooting probably some stuff for i don't know like drake you know mm-hmm. like big budgets not, and stuff like that yeah exactly you're gonna yeah you're gonna be on big sets you're not gonna be um you have to be pretty well known to be at that stage so Absolutely. you know i feel like, I feel like you're well on your way for the first one to two years 
Thank you, bro. I think I think as well. I feel like at the moment I'm sort of at a crossroads as well with um, with where I'm at. So I I've almost come to the stage where I I sort of uh, like I, I always look for challenges, and I feel like I've sort of sussed out music videos in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, where I find it relatively, I find it relatively simple. Uh, I say that in like a in as nice a way as possible. Where <laughs> yeah, I just, I, mean, I, I don't, I don't, because I've done, I've literally shot. I think I must have shot at least like fifty or sixty in the year, in the past year, which is you know it's a de- it's a decent number. Um, but I think yeah, it's just sort of, especially unless I get bigger budget stuff, which I I do still have access to because I get. Um, What's it called? Uh, ah, the, actually, I'll cover that point in a little bit. That's quite an, that's quite an interesting thing. Um, it's about how to get work with labels mm. um, who obviously have the budgets yeah. as opposed to just independent artists. Um, but yeah, I've gotten to the point where I think I just want to... Um, I actually want to build something up as opposed to being a freelancer. Because um, the, thing, the thing with freelance is it's very... Even if you do still have a pipeline, it's very... Um, it's extremely up and down. You know, you can have too much on one week and not enough on the next week. And mm. I don't like that per se. Um, I'd rather, I want something consistent, but not in the, so in the form of a, in the form of a business and obviously a business can be up and down, but I want steady, consistent growth with a business. Um, and I want to be able to have a team of people. I suppose that's my next direction. Um, and so I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to sort of branch out into doing branded videos and commercials, but I'm going to have an agency where, um, I can actually build up a team, do some of the shoots myself, but also get other people to do some of the shoots as well. Mm -hmm. Um, just because I, I would rather see myself as someone who owns businesses as opposed to someone who's, um, someone who owns businesses, who is creative as opposed to just a creative, I'd rather be that. Because when you get into the position where you own businesses, you're the person that calls the shots, and essentially, um, as a director, and again, I say this in the nice possible way, as a director, you're basically at the bottom of the chain. Mm-hmm. Um, because, all right, so th- this is how it works um, for music, for not just music videos, but usually right. for you know for for bigger budget stuff. So, um, the record label will get in contact with the commissioner. The commissioner is basically like the middle person between um, the director and the um, and the record label, right? So the mm-hmm. artist will have a song, the record label will uh, you know write up a brief and they'll write out a budget. So usually the lowest kind of budgets that you get are around uh, you know anywhere from five to ten thousand. Higher That's kind of budgets, yeah, yeah, yeah. For for label stuff, because with labels, obviously they've got a bit of they've got a bit of money to put into it, but. Okay that's even 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 that in the grand scheme of things isn't very much i mean it's like a low it's like a low high-end music video if you're getting mm. around ten thousand for the video which was the the budget for the h video by the way um that was ten thousand mm-hmm. and that most of that goes pretty much instantaneously that goes on uh, once you spend it on equipment and crews most of it's gone um so it's not yeah it's not yeah, actually it's not really live once you get like like you say once you get the gear once exactly. you pay people and stuff <laughs> exactly exactly and and so the way it works with these labels is they'll they'll send the brief to the commissioner the commissioner will then send it to the production company now the production company is sort of there's two middlemen between the label and yourself commissioner and the production company Mm. um the production company will then send it out to a bunch of different directors um a bunch of different directors and you know it could be 10 directors it could be 30 directors you don't actually know really 
um, they send that out to a bunch of different directors. And then what the directors will do is write up uh, a treatment. So a treatment is basically for people that don't know is basically putting your ideas onto a document like an outline, um, basically. and you'll get, yeah. So you'll get, you'll, you'll have a rough storyline, a rough idea for what the video is. You know, you'll pop down scene one, scene two, scene three, scene four. Mm-hmm. Um, in scene one, we have uh, the boy and the girl day, you know, we see them meet for the first time, but you know, stuff like that, whatever. Mm-hmm. It is. And then you'll get photo references from different websites, um, and pop those in and then get video references of similar music videos or similar videos that you've seen uh, and put those in the treatment and then create like a nice document and then send it back. Um, now, those do take quite a while. They, they tend to take around anywhere between an hour to three hours. Um, so they are quite lengthy. Mm-hmm. And the thing is with those is you don't always see a return. Like you don't hear back sometimes. Like you'll send it back to the production company. The production company will send it to the label. And then it's kind of like gone off into the, you have no idea where it's gone yeah. and you have to chase up and you'd be like, you know, what's happened They they usually write back or oh, they've gone with a different director. Blah, blah. Um, so this follow up basically all the time. Yeah. Well, yeah. One follow up Two is um, when they do say no, don't get disheartened because you'll get rejected a lot. For sure. Uh, you'll get rejected. You'll get rejected a lot. So I had to do 12 treatments before I finally got one. Um, and it's just a numbers game. It's really literally like, if you imagine, um, Imagine you're looking for something and every time you get rejected, you're actually just picking something up and going like, is it under there? No. The thing's obviously in the room. You're just picking it up and going, no, that's not it. No, that's not it. No, that's not it. And then finally you pick it up and you're like, oh yeah, I got it. But, you know, for some reason when we get rejected, you know, with business, it seems to take it personally for some reason. Whereas if you think about, I mean, this might sound silly, but if you think about it, say you're looking for something Mm -hmm. and you're, you can't find it. Every time you look for something, you're getting in a sense rejected, not rejected, but uh, like kind of you're trying to find it and you're not right. you, you're just, hitting the wall sort of thing it's just right it, most of the time it's right in front of you it's the, yeah the point is is it's there you just have to find it and in finding finding it you might get certain times when you, you you'll get um you'll come up against a barrier or something right so you'll yeah um so that's how it works with those and um then what happens is they'll they'll send the brief back they'll you know if the label gets back to you they say oh we love your idea let's have a meeting um then we had a meeting Mm -hmm. and then after that it was uh i was in la at the time and then they told me to it was a bit annoying actually because i i got an email saying they've decided to go with a different director and then i went to (laughs) i bought my ticket to la and then i got to la i set up a couple videos and then afterwards, they're like, oh, no, we want you back. <laughs> we decided to go with you. And I was like, oh, great. So I have to buy my tickets now. <laughs> right. Oh, um, shit. <laughs> and, and also, for people, for people wondering, so you, as a director, you get paid out of the budget, right? So the t- mm. this is something that I didn't really know about when, until I got into it. So the budget's 10000 The budget is broken down into, you know, we have X to spend on locations. We have, you know, say two grand to spend on locations. We have uh, three grand to spend on crew. We have four grand to spend on equipment, lights and camera and blah, 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 all that stuff um now for bigger projects like this you have a director's fee a dp fee um so director of photography fee uh which is basically cameraman fee Mm -hmm. um editor fee colorist fee like there's all these different fees um for the video itself because i'm very open about money and whatnot to me it doesn't really make a difference um i got 600 i got 600 for directing the video um and i didn't take any more for editing uh, because we had basically gone over budget anyways. Uh, and 
well we not that we went over budget but we because you can't actually physically go if you go over budget you gotta pay for it yourself right you were getting pretty close to it well no we we hit we maxed out on the budget oh, um, so we didn't have anything spare we didn't have anything spare at all um and so yeah i didn't i didn't take an editing fee so i just got i got 600 for it basically um but in doing that my tickets back and forth to to fly to london were over 600 anyway so i didn't actually end up making any money mm-hmm. but that video now because i i went into it going my mindset was uh, you know, to get a really good piece of work like that will help me out. Yeah, you wanted to put the most and into the video than your pockets. Exactly. Gotcha. Exactly, exactly. It's more important to get a really, really good product mm. because now what happens is if I need to show people my work, I instantly just go to that video because I know that that video is good and it's got decent views and it's got sort of like it got good traction. Mm. I, I have a good product that I was proud of to be able to show people. And even though I did get complacent before, I think I've learned that there's a right time to show the video to different people and the the it's always like an easy go-to video. And especially in England, like when you say that you've worked with him, people know his name. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just, it's a really, really easy in now as opposed to before when people would say like, oh, who have you worked with? And you're like, oh, do you know, some guy from, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like they're a good rapper, but no one knows. Nobody knows. Yeah, say exactly. Like, like, yeah, I work with like TJ and they're like, who's, who's that? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> the fuck is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so having his, having his name was a massive help because I could literally just say his name. Um, so yeah, so that, that, that's, that's how it works. That's how it works, basically. Sure. Um, that's how it works on, on bigger, bigger projects. And whatnot, because I I know that I definitely was really confused going into. I was like, how, the, how, how does all this? How do I get? Yeah. Do I get paid from the budget? Yeah, do I get paid a fee? Do I get paid? Do I get paid a deposit? I I said to pay me a deposit, so I always I always do deposits, um, no matter what. Uh, always fifty percent upfront. Otherwise, I'm not shooting. Um, so yeah, deposit. So they paid deposit and everything, and then the other fifty percent was after the video was finished. Um, so that's how that's how it works basically for people that were wondering on like a bigger scale that. How, how it really how works. Those, yeah, that's how those music videos work. Yeah, yeah. And we had, um, so we used Ari for the video itself. We used Ari Alexa, which is obviously like standard movie camera. It's what they film more Hollywood stuff on. So did, like, so did y'all rent standard. that? Yeah, so we rented that. Um, I think. Well, I mean, all the equipment wise, that was over a thousand um, at least, and then uh, lights equipment. Uh, we had a crew of about twenty five people. So mm. on the day, all I was actually doing was just directing. Someone else had the camera. Um, someone else was in charge of timing. Someone else was in charge of this. Like I, I, all the stuff that I do, obviously by shooting for myself, like logistics and everything, someone, other people are in charge of it. And so you just have to focus on what you're good at, which is directing, Mm -hmm. Um, which is really, really enjoyable, really, really enjoyable. As far as the shoot itself, it's outrageously stressful because you've got um, so many different so many things moving, so many moving parts many people and stuff exactly exactly right. yeah because there's there were yeah because there's literally there's there's 20 25 people on set and you're basically in charge of everyone um you've got the label there you've got uh so the label was sony by the way as well so okay. the label's there and obviously they're going you know what about this what about this and then you've got someone else on your other shot again what about this what about it and you're like you know, you've got to be in the middle. And the, the, the thing that I sort of figured out and learned the most from the day was you are the sort of energy between, because there's a lot of negative things that happen on set. There'll be problems the whole day, no matter what, mm-hmm. no matter how well oiled the, the machine is. 
there will be problems all day on set. Simple as that. Always, whatever can go wrong will go wrong on set. So Absolutely. <laughs> always. <laughs> but um, what happens is people always come into you with problems and problems and problems like the whole day. Like, what about how do we do this? Like, oh, this shit, the, the model's going to be late or this is going to be late. The food's fucked up. But this, <laughs> you're like, um, and you've got to be just, okay, cool. Uh, honestly, just um, relax. It's just a music video. Yeah. You're not trying to cure cancer. You're not trying to. <laughs> you're, not trying to you're not trying to build a spaceship. Yeah. I mean, if it fuck, if it fucks up, it fucks up. It's not really the end of the world. Facts. Um, I go into it with that attitude because I know that that helps me the most. Um, I'm a generally I'm very stress free person. I mm. go into it thinking like, well, if something fucks up, then it fucks up. I mean, what the fuck am I going to die? As long as I try my best, as long as I'm not being an idiot about it. Um, and you know what, what the fuck could i've done if right. it's something i could have changed you know um just try your best basically just literally try your best um, but just make sure that your your energy because you'll get all this negative energy from people make sure you're kind of like a barrier to the to the energy going to the artist because mm. what you don't want to do is obviously have those people complaining and then the artist like starting to get worried or whatever it is because you want a best performance from him so you want him to be completely relaxed whatever people throw at you you go cool that's fine leave it at the door and then put your good energy onto the artist the whole day. Definitely. Um, and just be, just enjoy it. I mean, it's fun. <laughs> just enjoy it. It's kind of, it's kind of fun. For it's sure. Kind of fun. <laughs> I wish. I do so, want to say, bro, so, yeah. I appreciate you for coming on the show, man. Like you, you definitely came in. Oh, absolutely. And and helped out. It kind of it turned into like an interview, basically, because I was kind of interested in this stuff that you've been through, and you know, just yeah. just kind of giving a bunch of value to the people at home listening. But I mean. It's your host, Mark 88. I got I brought Oliver Marshall all the way from the UK. He's not actually physically here, but you know, we're recording through internet, you know. So there's definitely no excuses <laughs> exactly. there. Make it work. For sure. Exactly. But but like I said, man, exactly. we'll stay in exactly. touch. We're gonna meet we're gonna meet each other soon. But like I said, thanks for coming on the show. No, absolutely. Man. Absolutely. No, thank you for honestly, I thoroughly enjoyed that. I've been wanting to do a podcast for a while. For sure. I, I feel like um I think it's all I think it's awesome what you're doing to be able to give back to other people. And uh-huh. that's really the aim of of I think you know you may have your own self whatever whoever has their own talking to sort of everyone in general here everyone's obviously got their own selfish interests with you know we want to I want to do this want to do this but Mm -hmm. what actually feels the best is just being able to give back you know not just yourself but just yeah just give back to other people and help them out that's why I'm always really transparent with things um because I know I had all these questions when I was first starting out Mm. uh and like how does this work how does this work and if you just help other people then they help you really um, yeah, most yeah. people are good people for anyway, sure so. <laughs> most people so yeah most people are good people you know so yeah everyone was uh, you know just help, help people as much as possible basically so i think what you're doing is dope and uh yeah i appreciate you having me on oh so many others i i, I, t- I tend to talk quite a lot actually yeah um, yeah we're good but... man we're good <laughs> we're good bro um yeah man but yeah that was enjoyable that was enjoyable i just wanted to I hope people got some kind of value oh, they, they definitely um, would i'm gonna Post a little snippets on IG and definitely tag you in it so people can go check out some of your work. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And if people do want to check, you know, um, a little, little plug. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if people do want to check out, if people do want to check out my work, it's at Oliver Marshall underscore. Um, and if you've got any questions, just DM me. I pretty much respond to everyone's yeah. DMs. He responds um, pretty much right away. Whatsoever. It's just yeah, a time zone difference. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Unless I'm editing or shooting, whatever, just literally just DM me and I'll respond to any questions. I always want to help people out as much as possible. For sure. Because um, I know it's difficult starting out. So any questions, hit me up. Definitely. All right, I'm going to let you get out of there. I, I don't know what time it is over there, but 
Party time for bed. Nearly ten o'clock. Damn. Oh shit. Uh, no, no, uh, not quite. Yeah, not quite. Plan. plan Sunday night. Sunday nights always plan the week. So for set sure. yourself a set yourself a challenge, uh, and then set yourself what you're going to do to hit that challenge mm-hmm. or that goal or whatever, however you want to call it, target goal, whatever it is. For set sure. yourself a challenge and how you're going to get to it, basically. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm gonna do that, and then, um, then yeah, probably hit the hit, hit the hay. Hit the hay. All right, man. Thanks yeah, for coming in. All right, you be safe out there, all right? All right, brother. All right. Yeah, you too, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it massively. No Take problem. Take care, man. Bye. In a bit, bro. Bye.